I, I think there's a, I've got a bit of a problem with the MC this morning, major problem. He said that I'm his favourite preacher, but I've heard him say that about Pastor Don. I've heard him say that about Pastor Julia. I've had him heard about Pastor Jesse. Everyone's his favourite preacher. Hey, I've got a bone of contention with you. But look, I, I just really believe we've been in an awesome sense of worship, of the presence of God this morning. This is Ascension Sunday. Jesus Christ has risen with healing in His wings. I believe this is a powerful morning for each one of us to encounter the living Lord, the living Christ. You know, I was thinking of, I was thinking of the Scripture, Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16, and it says, let us, let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence that we may receive mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. I love, I love the story of Jesus ministering to the woman that had the issue of blood. And it says that the woman uh, who had this condition had it for many, many years, but she pushed through the crowd and she had this uh, uh, cry in her heart which said, if I can but touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. And she pushed through the crowd. She came into that place of touching the very hem of Jesus's garment Jesus didn't even know about the woman, but he turned around and he said, healing power has flown from me. Healing power has flown, flowed from her. And that woman said, in that moment, she was instantly healed. You know, I believe that there are needs this morning. I believe there's broken hearts this morning. I believe there's the people that need a fresh encounter with the living God this morning. And we've been in this incredible time of worship, of connecting with God, of opening our heart, believing there's miracles in the house this morning. And I just, I just pray for, for each one of you. If you're in that place, you know you need a miracle from God. Maybe you need a healing, maybe a physical healing. Maybe there's pain in your body. Maybe there's, you've just got a broken heart. There's something's going on in your life that's just in, got you in turmoil. There's a, there's a, there's, um, your mind is in turmoil. Whatever's going on, I just love you. While we're in this uh, place of worship and openness, I would love you just to raise your hand where we are. The band's going to keep playing and we're going to just, there's going to be a few people that are just going to gather around you, pray for you, believe God for a miracle this morning. Will you do that this morning? If you're in that place, you know you need a miracle from God. I encourage you this morning. Just lift your hand where we are. Look, there's been hands being raised. Please, others, look, this is a prayer meeting. We're just opening up this to the presence of God. Gather around. Just quickly move where you are. See where those hands are raised and believe God for a miracle this morning. Believe God for His touch, His anointing, His freshness, His freedom upon lives this morning. Father, we pray this in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray for breakthrough. God, we pray against sickness, disease. We speak healing. We speak wholeness. We speak breakthrough in people's lives in the name of Jesus. But this morning, never the same again. This morning, never the same. Healing, breakthrough. God, your fresh touch upon people's lives today in the name of Jesus. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Keep praying, just pressing in. God, your fresh touch. God, let your anointing flow. Lord, let your presence break every yoke. God, let there be just that release, freedom, joy, health. God, that sense of your presence that lifts the burden. Lord, that changes the circumstance. Lord, that brings answers, that brings help, that brings healing in those lives in the name of Jesus. Father, we give you praise. God, we give you praise. God, we give you praise. Love you, Jesus.
Love you, Jesus. Love you, Jesus. Father, we love you this morning. God, thank you for your healing touch. Father, thank you for your healing touch. Father, I thank you for your healing touch. Every heart, God, every life, a fresh encounter with the living God. Breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You can be seated this morning. God bless you. Thank you for thank you for praying. Thank you for just stepping in there. Thank thank you, worship team, this morning. Really appreciate, really appreciate you guys. Well, you put in some hours and practice. One thing I am able to say though this morning that I have this is with all my heart. You know, I I have got a favorite keyboardist. And I'm sorry, she will always. I don't care, you know, love, love all the keyboardists, but I've got a favorite. She will always, she will always, always be a favorite. Look, I, I, I want to, um, uh, I, I spoke to Pastor Don this morning. Pastor Don rang me all the way from Adelaide and, and uh, is, you know, just um, is thinking of us, praying for us this morning. And we're, we're missing um, Pastor Jesse, Pastor Don, and, and also uh, Pastor Danny uh, just uh, sent his love uh, to us, he's ministered and uh, many, many, many times here at Inspire, and so we're, we're, um, we appreciate uh, uh, Pastor Danny, and um, just awesome to be here this morning. I've, I've just, I, I want to continue on uh, our, our teaching that we've been looking at in this area of relationships. And uh, over this last period of time, we've been talking about family, we've been talking about uh, friendships, we've been talking about our workplace, we've been talking about uh, um, romance. Pastor Shane brought an incredible message on marriage and, and romance, and uh, that was really awesome. I just, I'd really like to encourage you, look, it's very easy for messages to be prepared, ministry to be given, and then sometimes it's like that sense, oh, well, oh, you know, I'm, I missed that message, or I never, never got it in a sense, and just to move on in your life. But these, I believe these messages have been crucial to us. They've, they've been life-changing to help us to, to journey well in this area of relationships. And I want to talk this morning about keys to developing Keys to developing great relationships. I've got, a, I've got a bunch of keys in my pocket. And, uh, and this is, at, at home, I was actually meaning to bring them this morning, but in, in, at home, I've got a huge bunch of keys, and I hope Sharon's not listening to this, but she often, she often tells me, John, why have you got this huge bunch of keys? You know, do I ever see you using them and all that sort of thing? Say, no, 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 I need my bunch of keys. My, these keys are really important to me. I don't know, maybe I should have been a, a jailer or something. I should have had some life where I've, I needed a whole bunch of keys. But to be really honest, Sharon, to be really honest, I only actually use two keys off that huge bunch of key rings. But it makes me feel important. It makes me feel, well, I've got this big bunch of keys and I can open any door and things are possible in a sense. But I only use two keys 
off that key ring. But I want to say to you this morning that keys are really important. What is it like when you lose, say, keys from your car or you lose keys from your house or you lose keys from a safe or you lose some keys from a cupboard or whatever you've got? What is it like for you in your life when you lose a key? It it sucks. You're frustrated. You're annoyed. You're really upset. It's costly. It's time-wasting. Maybe you've lost your keys for your house, and you're wandering around your house, and you think, how can I get into this home? Where is there a window that's slightly ajar? How can I get in? And I believe that keys are just really, really important to us in our journey. And I just want to say, you know, that frustration, that sense of being annoyed, that waste, time wasting, that wandering around the house, I believe in many ways that's what our lives can be like when we don't put into practice the keys that God has given for us to live in great relationships. I believe that. I believe even sort of like prophetically, there are some people this morning, it's like you're wandering around your house. There's a sense of lostness. There's a sense of wanting to get somewhere, but you can't because you haven't got the key. And I believe that God's, God's unlocking keys for our lives that cause us to step into great relationships, to, to be able to have awesome people around our life for us to be able to progress and step further on in the things that God has got for us. You know, we live in a broken world. We live in a broken world, relationships in tatters, things going on. And I guess, and I know in a sense that God has given us these keys that help us to unlock not only no greater freedom in our own hearts and lives, but bring that freedom to the lives of others in our world. And, you know, just recently I've had um, two people that have come to me and they've talked about broken relationships. They've talked about their hearts being broken. They've talked about, you know, things that have gone on where they feel crushed, broken. What's happened? Why this went wrong? How can I go from here? How can these broken pieces be picked up again and mended and for my life to move on? I talked to a lady a little while ago and she talked about, you know, the devastation of sitting at her, at her office desk. And, and, and as soon as she hears the boss coming, there's like this huge knot in her stomach, this huge sense of fear, of trepidation. What's going to happen today? You know, what's going to go on? What verbal abuse? What, what's going to happen in my world? And she's living in that sort of torment. Another situation we had of a phone call a little while ago where, where this lady was sharing about something that was happening in her family. And as Sharon and I talked about this, we sort of thought, man, if this, if this is not dealt with wisely, there could be repercussions that spin, spill over in this that could end up even causing devastation in the next generation. Our relationships, the way we handle life, the things that are going on are really, really important to us. And I want to say that, you know, I don't want to be depressing. I don't want to say, oh, it's broken, broken, broken. There's incredible hope. God's given us keys. God's given us his word to develop and to have great relationships. I just I was thinking about a, a time in my own life and our own family when it was a, a, a difficult journey. And I, I just want to say this morning, God is well able to speak into your life. 
You, you think, oh, well, I'm just one of billions. You know, how can God really know my address? How can God really know what's going on in my life? And I remember a time in our own family, we were going through a difficult time. And, and so my response to that, I, I, I guess when you're going through pain or difficulty or struggle, you know, you, you're wanting to hear from God. You're wanting to hear, God, what's an answer for this? How can I move on from this? What's the answer for this situation? I remember my response in that, at that time was, to, was to, to, fortunately, to go to God, to, to seek Him, and to get up early in the morning, and I, and I went to God and, and just poured out my heart to Him. It's really interesting that God has a way of reaching into our lives. And I just started to read the book of Psalms, and I just read, 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 and read the book of Psalms, and go over Psalm after Psalm after Psalm. You know, the only words that I ever heard in those Psalms was the word refuge. Every verse I just seemed to turn over, refuge. I turned the page, I'd read another verse, refuge. I'd, I'd turn the, the, another, into another chapter and another chapter. It was just that word refuge. God spoke to me about that I could come into that place and find God as a God of refuge, a God where I could hide away, a God that I could come to to find healing and hope. I remember another situation where um, quite a painful journey, really. And I remember not in, in our previous house that we're living, I had a, this an awkward time where I was actually in the kitchen standing near the sink. It was difficult there. I'm not there that often, um, Sharon says. Um, but I was standing near the kitchen sink and I was crying out to God, God, what's an answer for the situation we're in? And just automatically, it wasn't me sort of drumming it up, but a, a person's name. A person's name came to me, and from that, we were able to connect with those people, and their wise advice to me turned our world around. God spoke into a very painful and difficult situation. I remember a, a, another time, and you think, John, you've had a few times in your life. Well, I'm, I'm just a little bit over 45, so there's a few years behind me, so a few, few gray hairs. But I remember another time, and, and, uh, and uh, someone handed us a book. It was just a small testimony book. But as we read that small book, it's like God opened up answers for us in our relationships. God gave us some, some, some uh, plan, a strategy to move from where we were into something more that God had for us. And just another quick thing I wanted to say before I move on was, you know, being in the presence of God. You know, you think, oh, I just, I just came, along, came along to church this morning. I just, you know came to church, I you know, worshipped, and there's someone preaching, and then I went. But look, I want to tell you, being in the presence of God, just opening your life to His presence, let, letting, letting that rain of God's presence just touch your life, soaking into the soil of your heart, transforms your life, and it did for us in that particular journey in our life. I want to, I want to turn to a, a passage of Scripture in Acts chapter 2. This is a, a, a very a really, really powerful passage of Scripture, and it's Acts chapter 2, and I wanted to talk about relationships. I'm wanting to, to talk about doing this journey together. And Acts chapter 2 and verse 42, and it says this, that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and, uh, the, sorry, they ate bread in their homes Sorry, they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those that were being saved. 
you know, I want to just say this morning that there's something about that word devoted. It says that they devoted themselves. They de- there was a focus. There was a sense of strategy. There was a sense that they gave attention to. There was a sense of priority. There was a sense of urgency. They wanted to dive into this. There was something there for them. And it said that they dived in and were devoted to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to breaking of bread, and to prayer. And it says that they were filled with awe at the many signs and wonders performed by the apostles, and they cared for those in need. They praised God. Their numbers were growing. And I just wanted to say this, that my paraphrase or my commentary on those verses of Scripture says this, that these people just loved God. These people just loved God, and they loved what God was doing. And there was a real sense, a powerful sense of togetherness that had developed. There was a sense of unity. There was a sense of excitement. There was a buzz. There was a real sense of joy and celebration at being the people of God, being in that environment of wonder, of praise, of seeing what the Lord was doing. You see, in verse 44, it says, all the believers were together. Verse 46 says, every day they continue to meet together in the temple courts. And then in verse 46, it says, they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. In Psalm 139, it says how good and pleasant it is when God's people, when God's people live together in unity. It is like precious oil on the, on the head running down on the beard, flowing down on Aaron's beard. And that sense of togetherness, that sense of not just two people being together or a company of people being together in a sense, but there's a sense of heart. There's a sense of truly being bonded together. You know, and I've got, I want to get this put up on the, um, on the screen, but I, 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 I heard this the other day and I thought it really fits for this. It's this thing of togetherness. T- togetherness is about heart. It's not just habit. Togetherness is about love, not just location. Togetherness is about conviction, not just convenience. Togetherness is about vulnerability, not just visual presence. Togetherness is about forgiveness, not just impressions. You know, it was just very special the other day. This hasn't happened ever before, but I don't know whether you noticed it, those that were in our iGroup. We, we finished our iGroup, and I think I was sadly again told off for speaking a little bit too much and say, John, please. But at the very end of our iGroup, we all we prayed, and that's a great thing to do in iGroup, but we prayed. And, and this is like a real... This, I didn't orchestrate this. I didn't do this. It's just something that naturally happened. I looked down and I noticed that everyone in the, in the circle in this lounge were holding hands. They were, they were just automatically just praying. And then suddenly there was this sense of connection that we needed to pray. There was a moment that God orchestrated a sense of togetherness. There was a bonding. There was a sense of enjoying that, just that moment of praying together. And, you know, I think this was particularly challenging for us, you know, through, through lockdown and that time when we weren't able to connect, we weren't able to, to, to be together as it were so much and you had the, the Zooms and all those other ways of trying to connect and to be together. But suddenly once lockdown was over and we were able to actually be together, there was that sense of, wow, this is good. That sense of joy and celebration at being able to be the, the body of Christ together. I just want to share a couple of points in this area of um, keys to relationship, keys to building great relationships. And I, I, want to, I want to say this, 
um, point number one is be a person, be a person that's committed to great relationships. Be a person that's committed to great relationships. You know, I was sharing this a little bit with Sharon and she said, oh, oh John, that sounds a bit dodgy. It sounds as though you're encouraging all the blokes to date as many girls as they can this next month or to become a social butterfly or to, to, to take shares out in the local cafe. You know, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about what are ways in which that we can learn to do life together. One of our themes at, at, at our Echoes and Inspire Church is this one of we are better together. It's more than just a slogan. It's more than just some nice words. We are better together. You know, the Bible says that wherever two or three are gathered, Jesus said, there am I in the midst. Is he with us when we're by ourselves? Yes, he is. But there's something about the corporate anointing. There's something about when God's people are together that God works his wonders. God works his miracles. There's something about we are better together. You know, I was thinking about this in the sense of relationships. You know, we should always have, and we've talked about this a lot at Inspire. There's always the sense that each of us should have a mentor. There should be someone that's speaking into our life. There should be someone that's encouraging us, that someone maybe who's further on in their journey and their walk with God, but is able to speak into our life, is able to encourage, give, maybe give some direction at times, breathe some hope and life into us when we may be struggling a little bit. There should also be people that we're, we're on the friendship level that are, we're sort of, we're, we're pals with, they're our friends, we're walking together. They're not sort of above us in a sense or below us, but they're just our circle of buddies friends, mates that we hang out, we're journeying, we're walking together, but there should also be people in our life that we are reaching down to. And I'm not talking about looking down at people or whatever, but we are, we are learning to lift others up. We're learning to encourage the lives of others. People are doing it for us. We're doing it on an on a even level with our friendships and that, but there's also people that we're reaching down to, to lift up and encourage. And I believe we need to do that. You know, I'm not... Um, I, I believe that we need to make great life choices and we need to be careful about the friends that we have around our life. And I guess in, in a sense, what I'm really saying with this, um, and, and I think there are great life statements that we need to make over our lives. And one of these, a few statements here, I'm gonna just share with you. You know, we need to make these statements, not just in our lips, but in our hearts. And one of these statements is, I will not live isolated. I will not live alone. You know, I may be living alone physically, but I will not live alone. I will not live disconnected. I will not live with the lie that I don't deserve great relationships. I will live a connected life. But I do admit that forming great friendships and, and relationships takes persistence and, and, a, and, a, and a growing and, and a pushing through. I just love this passage of Scripture in Luke chapter 19. Um, Luke chapter 19 and, and talking about the life of Zacchaeus. I just want to quickly turn there for a moment. Luke, Luke 19, and I, I, I just love, I love the story of Jesus ministering um, into, into his life. And it says in, in uh, uh, chapter 19 and verse one, it says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through and a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. 
And when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. And all the people saw this and began to mutter, oh man, there's always people in life that mutter. Stay away from them. But then verse eight says, but Zacchaeus stood up. What a wonderful word. Zacchaeus stood up. And he said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anyone out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. And listen to this. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this home, has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save that which was lost. See, in that, in that story, Zacchaeus, rich, wealthy, and in that sense of, of separation, um, probably because of corrupt practices as a tax collector, he was, he was separated. He was up a, up a sycamore tree. He was separated from the people. He didn't have friends. He was separated from those around. But what does Jesus do in his ministry to Zacchaeus? He brings him down. He, he, he meets with him. He spends time with him. But Jesus doesn't lecture him. Jesus doesn't berate him. Jesus doesn't talk down to him. But in the presence of God, in the presence of Jesus, Zacchaeus just responds and he says, oh, I just, I just need to get things right with people around me. There was a sense my relationships aren't right. I need to sort those out. It wasn't a matter of, I need to get things right with God. He, he just knew that if I've cheated anyone, I'll I'll pay them back four times the amount. I wanna help others around me. There was a sense of community. There was a sense of caring for the lives of others. You know, it's really interesting in the journey of our lives. Um, I was was brought up as a a quiet, um, shy, well-behaved country boy. And I, I met this lovely Australian girl, well, she's, she was English, actually. But I met this lovely uh, Australian girl, surfy Matt girl, you know, confident, attractive, chatted, talked, you know. And I didn't hardly know how to put two words together, you know. And, and, uh, and, and so God brought these two opposites together. But, you know, the interesting journey, you know, when we were first married, I just wanted, to, I just wanted life. This is what I wanted my life to be. I wanted my life just to be me and Sharon. I just wanted us to be this lovebird couple and I wanted us just to be together and, and uh, we lived in a little concrete bunker of a house in the main street of Cambridge and it was freezing. But we lived in this little house and we just wanted to be us and, you know, me and Sharon and, and Sharon, I don't know where the girl is, but, but Sharon would sometimes say, John, you have changed. You know, I, I didn't want anyone else around. I didn't, I didn't want to be social. I didn't want to connect with a crowd. I didn't want to have people around me. I just wanted to be Sharon and I on this lovely journey. And I just think what a, what a journey in life where God begins to change our hearts and lives and we begin to enjoy people. We begin to celebrate people. You might say, oh, what is it? life is only for the extrovert. Life is only for the people that are just out there or got the funny jokes, got the stories, got the great looks and all that. No, great life and great relationships are for you. Each one of it, can you, you can befriend someone, you can smile, you can cheer another life up, you can make a difference in the lives of others. It's not about whether you're an extrovert or you've got some special gifts or not. You know, I love, I love this, um, the story of, of the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15 and verse 11, and we, we read about the story of this lost son, and it says that the younger son asked for his, and is given his share of the estate. 
He gathers his belongings and the Bible says that he heads off to a distant country. And we're forced to ask ourselves this question, to ask ourselves this question, why would he want to separate from his family? What was going on in his life? Why did he want, God, Dad, Dad, give me my money, give me my inheritance. I wanna head off, I wanna head away. I wanna head, head into a distant country. What was going on in that young man's life? And I think there are many, many people in our world sometimes that wanna run off. They wanna to, want to get away. They think if there's some other distance, distant place or some other geographic location, I will be different there. But there's a running, there's a searching, there's a longing to find home in a sense. And I, I, I but we can ask ourselves those questions. What was going on in this young man's life? Why the separation? Why the distancing? Why this moving away? But we certainly are not left guessing at all the father's view on relationships. And the, the story in Luke chapter 15 comes where the son finally returns home. But in verse 20, it says this, and this is powerful. And it says, but while, this is, this is what was happening. But while he was still, while the son was still a long way off, the Bible says that his father saw him and was filled with compassion and ran to his son. You see, there was a sense that the father wanted relationship. The father wanted connection with the son. You know, had the son done some dumb things? Yes, but relationship was uppermost in the father's heart. And I believe that is with God, our father as well. You know, um, I was also reading in the book of Ruth. Ruth is an incredibly powerful character in the Old Testament record. And we have Ruth's journey of, of loss, of heartbreak, of stuff happening in her life that must have been devastating. But it's interesting in Ruth's journey, she, she came to that place in life where she realized that, that there was a, a crossroads in her life. She could go back to Moab, she could go back to her own people, but there was something about the relationship that she had with Naomi, her mother-in-law. There was something about that relationship in God where she knew that she should not separate from this woman, she needed to stay with her. There was something about that life connection. And I love the words in the book of Ruth where she says, don't urge me. Listen to the power of these words. Don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. You see, she committed herself. She realized the importance of great people around her life, relationships that she needed to make sure she journeyed with and that brought her into a great future. The second point I wanna talk about this morning is being a forgiving person. You know, it's very easy in life for, for life to hurt us, for things to be said, for, for different situations to unravel. But if we're gonna have great relationships, if we're gonna walk in freedom, if we're gonna walk in joy, we've gotta to learn to let things go. You know, one of the things that we've been learning and, and talking about in our I groups is, is where Jesus taught us the Lord's Prayer and, and, he, and he said, Father, uh, and, and he taught us to pray, you know, that we are to, for, God, forgive us our sins. God, forgive us our sins as we forgive those that sin against us. And boy, that's an important area that we are to live in that place of God, I will walk in freedom. And again, I believe a great life statement over that that we need to make is that sense of I will not live my life carrying the burden of bitterness, resentment, and unforgiveness. Sometimes I think we've got to look at ourselves in the mirror and say, I will not live with this weight around my life. I will not 
I will not allow it to poison me. I will not allow it to affect my life. And we need to say those things. You know, I love, I, well, I, I don't know whether I love this, but it, it's powerful, the statement of Corrie ten Boom, where she said, and probably a woman that knew incredible heartache and brokenness in her life. And she said, to forgive is to set a prisoner free. Forgiveness is to set a prisoner free and then to discover that the prisoner that is set free is you. And to realize that the prisoner you set free is you. You know, in the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our sins as we forgive those that sin against us. In Ephesians chapter four and verse 32, it says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Sometimes it's forgiving God for something that has happened that that we're upset with God about. Sometimes it's about forgiving ourselves. Sometimes forgiving ourselves is a very powerful thing that we need to do. Sometimes it's forgiving others for things that they've said and done. It's, It's not letting them off the hook, but it's stepping back from being judge and jury. Sometimes we just need to say, God, I forgive, and we need to put that person's name or that situation in there and say, God, I now release them from my judgment. I now choose to walk the road of forgiveness. And just another area I just want to quickly touch and seek to develop a whatever-it-takes attitude. Seek to develop a whatever-it-takes attitude, a generosity of heart and action that takes delight to just jump into the game and, and, and get the scrum across the line. You know, I loved, I loved what Zahn shared in, in that message last week about talking about the Good Samaritan. You know, sadly, it was the priest and the Levite that came down the road, saw that area of need, but then passed by. But it was the Samaritan that saw the need and was prepared to jump in. It cost him. It cost him something. And sometimes we can say, oh, well, it's not my job. It sounds like hard work. It's, my time is too precious. Look, I can't be involved in that. But I love I loved what it says in the message translation of Matthew chapter five and verse 13. And it says this, that now that I've put you there on a hilltop, and that's talking about the church of Jesus Christ. That's talking about believers in Jesus. It says, now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand shine. It says, keep open house. Be generous with your lives by opening up with others. You'll prompt people to open up with God this generous Father in heaven. You know, I wanna say to you this morning, don't live, don't live narrow, predictable, boring lives. I know you're not. (laughs) Don't live them. You know, offer to help your neighbor. You know, in your marriages, in your relationships, do something different. Do Bring some surprise. Do something that's different. You're driving through, you're driving through McDonald's and decide to pay for the car that's following behind you. Do just do a, a random act of kindness. Do something that reaches out to your world that says you're special. I care for you. Go the extra mile. And just the last thing I just want to share as the musicians have come, God bless you. The last thing I want to share, our oh, focus, focus on the goal of adding value to the lives of others. You know, live in such a way that inspires others, that lifts others, that speaks life into the lives of others. You know, it's very easy to be focused on flaw. It's very easy to be focused on on negatives. It's very easy to be focused on that which is wrong, that which is broken. But it takes a different person to come along and see the ability, see the talent, see the gold, see that which lifts up, see that which inspires. And we're to be those kinds of people. Boy, it's a trap. There's a trap there in relationships when we're all we see, all we see that, that which is broken. You know, in, in our 
in our I groups um, just recently, Shelly led us in just a really awesome training, a training session. And I just want to share just a couple of things from that as we close. And these are keys, keys, you know, keys to great relationships, keys that take us out of, out of brokenness, out of loneliness, keys that will, keys that will unlock doors, keys that will help us to move forward. And I, I love this when written on the, the back of some notes that were given to us, become genuinely interested in other people. Become genuinely interested in other people. You know, another thing is to is smile. It doesn't cost you anything. Just smile. You, you see someone down the street, a stranger, just smile. Remember that a person's name is to that person the sweetest and most important sound. Use people's names. Be a good listener. Encourage others to talk about themselves. Talk in terms of the other person's interests. Make the other person feel important and valued. Don't treat people lightly. Don't, don't, just, don't just say, oh, well, they're just a part of my family. They've always been a part of my family and I can just treat them a bit like rubbish sometimes. No, treat people with value. Treat people as precious. Treat people that, 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 that they're, worth something. they're worth something to me and they're worth something to God. And I just, I just pray this morning that, you know, as we... Um, as we've spoken about relationships, that there's something about our hearts are beginning to expand and grow and, and use the keys that God has given us to, to engage, to love, to serve, to inspire, to lift up the lives of, around us. There is incredible need in our world. There's some situations that, that need incredible wisdom. But you know, when we choose to love, when we choose to love, Love, the Bible says, covers a multitude of sins. When we choose to love and care for the lives of others. And I wonder just this morning, could we just stand to our feet? I just want to pray for just a moment. Then we're going to come and have a time of worship. But Father, let's just maybe, where you are, just, just open your heart. Just maybe close your eyes where you are right now. And I don't know everyone that's here this morning, but... I talked, in, I talked earlier about the story of the prodigal son and about the, 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 the son's journey away, but then the son's journey of coming back home, coming back to the father. And I, I love that story because we get the father's response of acceptance, of love. There wasn't a tirade. There wasn't an angry outburst, but there was that sense of welcome home. I love you. I love you. I love you. And I, I just, I, I don't know everyone here, but maybe there are people this morning that have never opened their life to the love of God. They've never, never said, Jesus, I want you to come into my life. I want you to forgive me for my sin. I want you to, to come into my life and give me a fresh start. Give me a brand new start. As, like the Bible says, uh, that I, I could become born again. I could enter a new life, a new way of living, a new way of relationship. And and uh, I'd just love to give you that opportunity this morning of, of surrendering your life to the lover of your soul, to the God that cares for you, the God that's got a, a, a life for you and he's got a future, eternal life. And I just encourage it, just this moment of, of just quietness before God. If, if that's you this morning, if you've never asked Jesus to come into your life, I'd love you to, to raise your hand where you are now and 
And I'd just love to pray for you at the end of the service and, and uh, talk with you, give you some material. But if you'd like to give your life to Christ this morning, I'd, I'd love you to do that. I just think it'd be an incredible opportunity to pray with you. And maybe, maybe just as we do that, we could just pray. All of us could just pray this prayer this morning and just say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your incredible love for me. And in this moment right now, I thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you that you welcome me into your family. I now receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for coming into my heart and life, making me a brand new person. I pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We pray that you would activate something in your life and shift your life towards Jesus. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, just click follow. We love you. Have a blessed week.